Welcome to another Aliagraphic Creator Chat. I'm Jorgi Rutia from Kingston Libraries in Victoria, speaking from Bunurong land of the Kulin Nation. Uh, sovereignty was never ceded, and we need a treaty. Now, today's Creator Chat is the last one for this year, and we close this year with Jason Pamant, uh, and I'm really excited, actually, about talking to him. And Jason recently published Treasure in the Lake, a middle grade graphic novel published by Harper Ali in North America and Allen and Unwin in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, Jason has worked for many years in animation, commercials, TV, video games, uh, designing environments, background artwork, things like that. Treasure in the Lake is his first graphic novel and I certainly hope it's the best one of many. Um, welcome to the show, Jason. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Jason, and um, I'd like to acknowledge the Kana people of the Castalian lands and waters of the Adelaide region, where I'm speaking from today. And I'd like to pay uh, respect to the elders, both past and present. Excellent. Well, um, tell us a bit about yourself, Jason. Um, who's Jason Pumman? Um, yeah, well, I am now a graphic novelist, um, but I'm traditionally um, uh, an animator um, and uh, production designer. Um, most of my work has been doing, um, yeah, concept art and stuff for, for, for film and music videos and, and things like that. But uh, yeah, the, since, you know, this year, I've, I've kind of moved into graphic novelist um, and yeah, really excited by it. Excellent. Excellent. Well, well, we'll definitely talk about comics today and graphic yeah, novels. Um, so, but uh, we'll start a little bit yeah. going back. So, can you talk to us about the kind of work you've been doing for animation and commercials and video games and all that? And well, what is it that, that you did exactly? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I've kind of, my career's kind of spanned a few different roles. Um, I started uh, as a kind of a concept artist mm -hmm. um, doing um, a lot of like environment designs. So um, I think a lot of the productions I've worked on have been uh, 3D animation um, series. So a lot of it's been like designing, um, designing environments and characters to then be built into, into 3D in the computer. Yeah. Um, from there, I moved into art direction. So that's like managing a team of artists um, to create a kind of look. Um, done a lot of uh, 2D animation as well, doing um, painted backgrounds for, for 2D animation, a, a little bit of direction. And, um, and kind of um, by the end of that, kind of moved back around to doing more uh, production and concept design again. Um, and that's um, for uh, short films, music videos, um, yeah, video games. Um, a lot of the work is in commercials. There's yeah. just a lot of money in commercials. Um, and a lot of animated content gets created for that. So yeah, um, doing all sorts of, all sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that's cool. And I think we'll talk about it later because I think that kind of work probably prepare you for the kind of backgrounds and, uh, the arts that you do that you have in Treasure in the Lake, because that's one of the standouts in Treasure in the Lake, I feel like all, all the environments and all the backgrounds are just beautiful. Anyway, um, what's it like working with other people in a team and you know, developing all those concepts? Because as a graphic novel, 
uh, <laughs> creator, you're, you're on your own. But yeah, that's, that's very different. Yeah, I think that was maybe part of the reason why I moved into to doing graphic novels um, in a way. I, li- I like working in a team and it's nice to bounce ideas off the people. Um, and there's like a collaborative, collaborative kind of aspect to it that's nice. Um, but especially doing kind of art direction, um, you are managing a team a lot and, um, kind of trying to keep everything consistent. Um, and that, that's, um, that kind of takes you away from doing, doing artwork (laughs) in a way. Um, so yeah, it, it can be nice. It can be, um, kind of energetic and, um, projects kind of get done a bit faster as well than graphic novels. Mm. But I, I'm someone that does like um, working in isolation. Like I, 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 I'm perfectly happy just kind of like working away in my room um, for, for extended periods. So, um, so it wasn't an easy, it wasn't a hard transition to, to make really, especially by the end, I think I was doing a lot of, um, at the start there was a lot of uh, animation studios in Adelaide. Yeah. So I'd be working in house, but by the end I was doing all remote work anyway. Yeah. Um, so, so, so yeah, I was essentially by myself a lot. <laughs> anyway. yeah. And I think that the last two years have been perfect. To, uh, you know, if, if you like working in isolation, <laughs> well, yeah, you've yeah. been isolating. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there'll be a lot of like graphic novels being created during this time. <laughs> perfect timing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, moving on to comics, um, you know, th- did you read any comics as a kid? Um, and if so, which ones? Or, you know, when did you start reading comics? Or? Yeah, I didn't yeah. read that much as a kid, really. I don't think there was a lot that really appealed to me as a kid. I didn't, um, maybe I just didn't find the right ones or um, I, I kind of didn't know how to read um, like, like the DC and Marvel stuff that was around a lot. Um, but I, re- I really liked Tintin. Um, that was like the first one that I really got into. Um, but outside of that, I didn't really, I probably wasn't a huge reader in general. Um, I really love like Roald Dahl and, um, yeah, I love, I love Roald Dahl and like just goosebumps and stuff like that. Like I got through all that, but, um, yeah, I didn't really find a lot of, uh, comics, um, right. outside of like, like smaller comic strips and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think like we had books of like Garfield, <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff, which I liked as a kid. They still get borrowed a lot. Yeah, they, they do. and and Garfield, uh, you know, that they're, they're always being borrowed at the library, always. Yep. Um, yeah. Personally, uh, personally, I'm always on the Asterix team instead of Tintin. But yeah, yeah, it's funny that they kind of goes both sides like that. I never really got into Asterix for some reason. I don't know why. Um, maybe it felt a bit like hard, harder to get into for me or something. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So, um, so, um, you weren't reading many comics as a kid. Um, you know, you were doing all these, uh, graphic design and, and all that. What's your comic origin story then? Um, I think, you know, um, what's the moment that suddenly you, you started paying attention to comics and you decided, Oh, yeah I, I think this is what i want to do yeah yeah um it was probably around like 2009 2010 sort of thing i i um i think probably started reading and seeing um uh 
different comics, um, particularly like, um, like illustrators that have moved into, um, or like, uh, like people that were doing animation that kind of were also doing comics. Um, I started seeing online and then, um, kind of found out about, um, more independent, um, comics like, um, particularly I think the no brow, um, publisher in the UK doing, um, really interesting stuff. Um, I think I, I read, uh, like Luke Pearson, um, who did the Hilda folk series and, um, John McNaught, who I really love. Um, uh, yeah, so I started reading those and thinking, oh, you can actually like tell stories all by yourself in this kind of format and it's, and it's really fun. Um, and it maybe suits me a bit. Um, and then I think I read, um, there's a, there's a short story by Emily Carroll, um, called, uh, his face will red that I, I really loved. And I read like a hundred times. Um, it's one of my favorite short, uh, comic stories. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a, a pro- the project that Treasure on the Lake came from originally planning as like an, an animated piece. Um, and I started thinking that it would, it could suit um, comics or at least I just really wanted to create one. So I think on a trip to like uh, me and my wife went overseas for five months and we were traveling around um, South America. And I thought I just started like writing notes and um, yeah and little uh, drawing little environments and, and stuff to, to, to start fleshing it out. And uh, yeah, I think, I think that's pretty much the origin for me, but it was definitely, yeah, seeing those, um, those different comics, um, and kind of, kind of finding out about that world of, um, yeah. comics that weren't particularly, um, that weren't exactly like, yeah, like superhero comics. Yeah. Um, yeah. And see, seeing that I had a place in like a readership, I think, uh, and and uh, yeah, like Hilda, for example, that's an excellent series, and one that's you know uh, again being borrowed constantly at the libraries. Uh, when kids discover it, um, you know they really get sucked in with that one. You know, yeah, such a beautiful series. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you, you mentioned that you know when you were traveling, you were doing notes and little sketches and things. So. Um, do you work with pen and paper or do you work digitally or a mix of both or a bit of a mix, but most of, most of it's digital, but, um, I, uh, I start with pencil just cause I'm drawing really little in, um, uh, doing like uh, little thumbnails. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of start on, on the computer really in the sense that I'm doing, um, most of, the like outlining of the story, um, just on, yeah, like a word process or something. Yeah. Um, and then when, once I've got that kind of, um, to a state that I can start playing around with different sequences and, and ideas for visuals, then I'll start just in paper drawing like really, really tiny little drawings, um, as small as I can, but, but still making it kind of legible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then eventually I have to make the jump to digital and start working it out properly. But I really like starting just pencil and paper. Yep. But all, yeah. all the finished artwork is done on in Photoshop essentially. Yeah. I find that a lot of creators these days are working like that. Uh, you know, they, they, they start with pencil, you know, um, 
just uh, uh, and very often they say, you know, I can feel it a bit more. I can, you know, it's yeah. more organic. But then, you know, I move on to digital. Yeah, and it's yeah. a lot faster. Like, I think it's just when you're doing the thumbnails, you want to do it as fast as you can. And if you if you do something wrong in Photoshop and it comes up with an error message, it kind of breaks <laughs> breaks your concentration or something. Yeah. Um, and also, like, the, the computer is just like an entertainment device. So, like, it gets really distracting. <laughs> um, so it's nice to just get away and, and go somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, excellent. So... Let's uh, let's start talking about Treasure in the Lake. So, excellent debut. Um, I really love the book. Now, for those who don't know about it or haven't read it, um, can you tell us a little bit what the book is about? Yeah, sure. Um, the story follows um, two two best friends, um, Iris and Sam, who um, are from kind of a sleepy country town, um, and uh, they're kind of on the verge of high school, so they're like growing apart. Um, and that's when they, they stumble upon um, this forgotten town at the bottom of a dry lake bed. Um, it's kind of on the outskirts of their town. Um, and there they, uh, they kind of interact with some of the previous in, um, occupants of the town, kind of have a magical kind of journey through the town um, and eventually have to reconnect and kind of refine their friendship to kind of save, to save their friendship and also um, to save themselves from the, from the town. Um, yeah, but it's about like friendship and kind of like what happens when, um, you and your best friend have kind of wildly different life aspirations. Yeah. Um, I moved a lot, um, when I was growing up. So, uh, saying goodbye friends became really common to me. So I think that, that probably had a grounding in, in the work. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, when I was about 10, we, we moved as well and, you know, um, I really resented that because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I lost a lot of friends and, you know, and then I made new friends as well, but yeah, uh, it does, kid, yeah. it does mark you. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's also, you know, apart from everything you said, it also has a bit of a mystery a bit yeah, of fantasy, yeah. and um, yeah, it's um, yeah. Good stuff. Anyway, um, the visual style is uh, quite beautiful. And I really love their use of color and light. Um, I think you use that really, really well all throughout, and the characters and the environments and all that. Um, I was going to ask, you know, was there any work that kind of inspired you for that? Um, but you know, from what we talked before, I think that maybe your, the, the work that you did before kind of, you know, influenced a lot. Of, yeah. A bit. Um, it's funny, like when I started, I think because it was my first time trying to do comics, I didn't really, wasn't really sure how to go to it. And I think when I started, I was a bit like, I want to make something that doesn't look like a comic, like I was going to paint it all or um, not use any line work and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and try to, you know, reinvent everything stupidly. Um, and eventually I kind of started coming back further and further to something that looked a bit more like a comic to me. Um, but, um, I think, yeah, I think, I think because, um, yeah, originally I didn't have any line work, so it was all painted. And I think I realized that something, there's something about black ink on paper that like feels, uh, feels nice. Like you can see the process of it or, um, it's akin to like writing um or something like that 
but um there was probably it's similar in ways to um there's a film i made with a collaborator ari gibson that um uh, i think it's called motorbike um that kind of like maybe uh, the kind of drawing from that a lot i think i even use some of the same brushes and and that kind of thing mm -hmm. um but in terms of like uh, comic books that i've drawing from um there's a uh, artist called um, Drew Wing, I think Wing Wing, um, who made a, a series called Ma uh, Margot Malou, um, and I think I was looking at that at the time and really liking this. He's like got really beautiful um, colors and and line work and stuff. So I think I was referencing that uh, to some extent. Um, but yeah, really d just trying to um, piece it together so that it, it felt right to me, really. Um, yeah um because it's kind of like a different um it's a completely different thing so like um it's i think yeah i started out just thinking i'll just do it like an animation yeah. um but it just didn't didn't quite fit like it wasn't it wasn't very readable compared to other comics i think yeah uh yeah and um I think readability, especially for this kind of middle grade uh, kind of level, is is really important. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, Treasure in the Lake is you know it's for kids, on, and on the surface, it's a great adventure, and as you say, it's about friendship. Um, but then, as I mentioned, like there, there are elements of fantasy, elements of uh, mystery, and on closer reading, I feel like there's a lot more going on. Um, uh, and there are little visual clues here and there. Um, um, was it hard to juggle what clues you put there and, and how you put them, uh, yeah. but still keeping the mystery? Yeah, that was hard. Um, I think I went back and forth a lot on, on that. Um, I think even, um, before, before I talked to an editor, um, it was even more mysterious. And I think maybe uh, he helped uh, Andrew, um, who's at uh, Harper, kind of helped me uh, clear up a few things in the story um, to make it not too ambiguous. But uh, I, I really like, um, I think I like all stories that I like have an element of kind of um, interpretation in them. So I didn't, I didn't want to make it too clear or too um, concrete. Yeah. Uh, what happens in the story um, and it seems like I've gone like reading um, reviews and stuff of the book um, people bring up the same things as negatives or positives depending on how how much they like piecing together things or um, yeah. yeah some people say like yeah I, I like that I had to study this this panel to to know what happened and then some people were saying like this plot holes all over the place and I'm like oh I, I guess you just don't you don't want to have that, <laughs> but um yeah, because see, it also doesn't even have uh, a, a very clear everything's tied up kind of ending. It's a yeah. bit of an open ending as well, which some people react to as yeah. well. You know, but but I love I love open endings. So yeah, I love that in films. Um, yeah, I th I think it's I think if everything's tied up, it feels a bit like claustrophobic to me. Like. Mm -hmm nothing exists outside this little story. Um, whereas if it's, if it's open-ended, it's kind of, it feels more like um, real or, or something to me. 
And I, I think it leaves the, the reader uh, thinking about it more. Hopefully, yeah. you know, yeah. hopefully they'll yeah. be thinking about it a bit more. And, you know, um, so the, the book will stay with them longer. You know, I yeah. have to say, like, one of my favorite shows of all time, if not my favorite, is Twin Peaks. And that's as yeah. open-ending as mysterious as you can get, yep. <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> and I love yeah. Tafka and his books and they are very uh, yeah exactly open ending and you really need to think when you're reading those so yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the, um in the in this book um the last page is kind of ends on a mystery mystery about what is in like this chest um in treasure in the lake and the the editor suggested like oh maybe we should see what's in it and i've thought about it a lot and i thought oh we probably shouldn't because that could be up to the reader like um if you, if you believe everything that's happened in the book, then you will believe that the chest is filled with certain things. And if you don't, then vice versa. I feel like we're just limiting if we just, if we say it's one thing. Good move. Yeah. <laughs> I approve. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, look, there are some beautiful scenes and panels without words uh, in this graphic novel. And I feel like this is not very common in kids' graphic novels. Um, but they they work beautifully in in your books. Um, sometimes they add a little bit of mystery and suspense. Sometimes they just give us time to think and just take the visuals in. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and what you were thinking when you were designing these silent scenes? Yeah, I get, that might come a bit from um, my history doing animation where like this is an idea of like not showing and telling um kind of like yeah you if you're depicting it visually then you don't need to then have this text but i think um particularly for this story um it's like a story about two kids that like discover this town um and there's like a i like i wanted to create like an immersive kind of quality to that um like if if you were discovering it yourself um this like this air of mystery and um and kind of wonder and i think if characters were speaking at the same time it like it kind of gets in the way um i think there's a there's a graphic novelist called renee french who um kind of her thought is that any text in a graphic novel is like poison i think in her words i might be paraphrasing yeah. but um and i probably wouldn't go that far but there is something about um there's like a magical quality to just watching characters kind of moving through um moving through a landscape, like even in film, like I think one of my favorite films is um, uh, There Will Be Blood, Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, and there's this scene at the start where this character is um, just like in this mine shaft for like 15 minutes, like doing all this kind of complicated things in silence. And it's just like captivating. Yeah. So I, th I think um, part of it was trying to capture that kind of thing, like just watching a character. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I personally, I don't really like um a lot of text in graphic novels in a way like i think when i'm reading it i like when you're watching a film um a character can speak and you can watch their performance at the same time in graphic novel you kind of your eyes are like darting back and forth between text and and the visuals mm -hmm. and i'd rather just show that visually than you know than have it then have it explained. I think also like as a kid, I was, um, if, if I'm reading a comic and it's just like 
more text than images. It feels a bit daunting to me or, or something. Um, yeah, but I think it comes back to probably like seeing the sequences when I'm planning them as almost like a, a movie in my head that I'm trying to get down. And a lot of the time that doesn't have, doesn't have dialogue in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, um, uh, Alfred Hitchcock said actually something very similar and, you know, he, his philosophy was that if I can show it visually, um, without any dialogue, then that's what I'll, <laughs> that's what I'll do, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, um, yeah. And, and there are, I, I feel like here in Australia, actually at the moment, we, we've got some great visual storytellers. Uh, so, you know, um, Campbell White with Home Time. Yeah. Some, some great scenes as well that, you know, without any, any uh, text. And Chris Gooch with Under Earth as well, especially. Yeah, yeah. Know, he had a lot of really visual storytelling there. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, like, some of my favourite, like, I mentioned before, John McNaught, who makes um, comics that are almost completely um, wordless. Um, that have uh, amazing uh, atmosphere to them as well. And I think one of the biggest, I didn't mention before, but one of the biggest influences I had starting it was reading um, um, Sean Tan's um, The Arrival, yep. which is completely wordless and is just beautiful. Uh, it doesn't really take anything away from bit, having no dialogue. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah. <laughs> it's part of what he... Um... It's part of what, what what it makes that graphic novel great. You know, it's really universal. Um, yeah. You know, told purely visually, and it's just astounding. Well, on on this kind of topic, we've gone completely off tangent. But no. <laughs> <laughs> um, on this kind of uh, thing, actually, I was talking to a friend recently, and I recommended to him uh, a French graphic novel uh, called Alone uh, by Chaboutet. And again, it's just, there are hardly any words in the whole graphic novel and um, it's just a beautiful piece of work. Yep. Uh, yeah. Highly recommend it. If, yeah, if I'll check find it, it somewhere. I've seen it, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah. I, I, love, I love his uh, style as well. Anyway. Yep. Um, so, Treasure in the Lake, how long did it take, more or less? Um... It's hard to tell, <laughs> like, uh, like in terms of just pure like years from starting to ending, it was like, um, yeah, 2010 or something. I started just doing little notes and, and, and trying to piece it together. Um, obviously it was all done outside of my normal work. Um, and it was very like stop start. Like I'd, I'd put it down for sometimes even a year or so. Um, and then pick it back up again. Um, and then I'd work on it for like a week or two when I've got like a big break and then, yeah, put it down for months again. Um, so it's, it's hard to know exactly. Um, I'm working on another book at the moment that's um, I think going to take me like a year and a half to two years. So that, and that's more like a full-time thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but I, I think there was a lot of um, false starts and like I kind of re completely rewrote um, most of it like two or three times um mm -hmm. so so yeah they they take a they take a long time to make <laughs> so 
a new book. You probably can't tell us much because you're at the early stages. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, is it going to be another kind of middle grade uh, or, you know, is it yep. going to be an adventure? Is it going to be similar or is it, you're trying something different? Um, it's probably, it's middle grade, maybe a tiny bit younger. I'm not exactly sure. Um, uh, but it's, uh, yeah, I can't say too much cause it's not announced yet, but it should be announced pretty soon. Um, and it's kind of based on, um, again, my experience. Um, I, I think I went to like nine or 10 different schools growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's about starting a new school, but kind of in a fantastical, um, setting and, um, uh, kind of based around, um, what we, where we, uh, went on holiday a lot with uh, my dad had like this, um, holiday shack, um, on the York Peninsula in Adelaide mm -hmm. on South Australia. Sorry. Um, so it's kind of based around that environment a bit with like tide pools and, um, that, that this place where we went, they'd have like beaches that went out for like a kilometer, um, and just with like all these tide pools and, um, yeah. And like sandbars and stuff like that. So it's kind of based a little bit on, on that environment and that world. Um, Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I look forward to it. Um, yeah. Good stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like in the last, um, you know, two, three years, we've seen more and more, uh, graphic novels in Australia being published and, uh, you know, Hopefully, yes. publishers are supporting them. Thank you, Alan and Anwen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. They're actually one of the big supporters of uh, graphic novels. Yeah, they've, so, they've been amazing. I, I love working with them. Yeah, and they, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. So, um, kind of wrapping up, um, we always ask our guests to tell us about three comics or graphic novels um, that you know either they've read recently or three that inspired treasure in the lake or or you know whatever way you want to yeah. take it just three graphic novels yeah up to um, you i probably mentioned a few already so i'll try to think of some different ones <laughs> there, there was one um I, I read uh um chen wang's um the prince and the dressmaker recently and that was really great um yeah that the beautiful um beautiful drawings and, and characters and like, um, really unique kind of, um, story that was, it feels really tight and classic at the same time. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out. I thought that was really great. Um, there's another one called, um, Stepping Stones by Lucy Niley, Nisley. I'm not sure exactly how it's pronounced. Um, but that was about her growing up, um, on like a little farm. Um, in America and kind of have a, um, a family with like, uh, children from different, different, um, parents kind of like integrating together. Um, and I thought that was really nicely told and, and really cute. Um, and outside of that, um, I think of something, uh, I read, um, one of my favorite ones was, um, Sabrina, which was, um, it was a, like an adult comic, um, by Nick, Nick Trinasso, I think his name is. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was that was like shortlisted for like a really prestigious literary award, yeah. and it was like well, the first graphic novel to do it. Um, so that drew me in, and then um, then I yeah I really loved it. Um, so yeah, those are kind of come to yeah. mind. 
three great recommendations. Uh, really great books, all three of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah good stuff. Can I recommend you one as well? Yeah, I'd love to. I think it's probably um, it's it's one of my top three this year uh, for sure, um, and I think you'll appreciate it. The Magic Fish. Oh, I've yeah, I haven't read it yet, but I've seen I've seen that type, the cover everywhere, and yeah. I know that it, uh, a lot of people love it, so I need to need to get it. Such a beautiful graphic novel. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us today. And it's the final trader chat for this year. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And, um, you know, I hope Treasure in the Lank is well read, well borrowed. And, uh, and you know, and if you like it um, and borrow it at the library, then maybe, you know, you can go to the yeah, show and buy it. it as well. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks for, for doing this. Like, it's really great that you guys, um, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, just doing this um, kind of creating a record of of all the comic creating that's going on. Um, it's really great. Like I, I found it through Campbell White and the interview you guys did with Campbell White and, and Scrooge and Pat Grant. Um, and that was great. So, yeah. Good guys. Those yeah, two. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you. Take care. And um, yeah, we'll speak again when you re release the second one. Yeah, yeah. Thank you.